Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Rogue's Room. I hope you're all doing well, and thank you for joining me today. This Friday's episode is called Sports Media, an Athlete's Battery. I've called it this, as batteries have both a positive and negative side, and so does sports media. It has its goods and bads. I'd like to thank Cyprus for this topic suggestion for the episode, and let this be a reminder for you all that you can leave me a voice message about what you want to hear me talk about. Best of both worlds, really. You get to listen to me talk, and it's something that you're interested in. As I had talked about the Olympics earlier on on Wednesday, I thought I'd do this topic today to round out our sports week. But let's stop the chit-chat, and let's get on with it. With the increasing use of social media these days, there's no shock that sports media news has been reaching more people than ever. Almost every influencer, athlete, and coach who play professionally have a Twitter or Instagram account, which means they are much more accessible for people to reach and share their opinions about them. Of course, this can be portrayed in many different ways, positive and negative, depending on who the person is and what they represent in the media. Let's start with the positives first. Personally, I love that you can follow someone that you're a fan of. The happiness when you get that notification of a post and you can leave positive replies underneath depending on the photo or video that they've posted. It's awesome to see how people all over the world support this person and are cheering for them, and I'm sure it must feel good to be that athlete, knowing that they have a whole wave of support behind them, even if they've never met them before. People leave comments like, can't wait for the big match, so excited to go to the game on the weekend, cheering for you from home, or I'm a fan from insert country. And it allows for an almost real-time communication between the fan and the athlete. You also hear on the radio promotions of sport teams, depending on what area you were from. Example, South Sydney Rabbitohs versus Cronulla Sharks would be talking about their more favoured team, because that's kind of the area that they represent. Or for soccer fans, Sydney FC and Western Sydney Wanderers, so they kind of an area base. Um, and it's normally positive talk about their favourite team. Yep. The thing about when you are reporting on this news, though, is that you are allowed to have a favourite team. You're allowed to, you know, wish that Sydney FC are going to win this game. I hope they win. I, I hope it's 3-0 or something. But it isn't okay to show bias when you're reporting on them. If you only focus on the good of one team but drag the others to filth, not only does it make people angry, it also paints you, the network or show that you work on, and the team you support in a negative light. We've seen recently all the talk about the Olympics, the interviews asking the competitors their thoughts and feelings about how they are going to go, and it's boosting that country's morale so that they know who to cheer for. We also see in TV ads the crowds of sports fans jumping and cheering for their teams in between games, and when reporters go to the game and interview fans, they're smiling. It represents a happy and cheerful image to people watching on TV and on the news and therefore spreads positive media. Now, let's get into the icky parts, the negative side to sports media. 
As previously mentioned, social media has had a huge impact on sports media and how we perceive athletes and people in the public eye. Having these people be attainable so easily through a, you know, a DM message, you know, all the kids, or a comment on Instagram, and while mostly these are positive comments, there will always be negative ones too. It works like this. The more well-known you are, you have a wider audience and more people see your posts. Since you have some sort of relevancy within the sporting community or, you know, whatever community you're in, you know, the music or art, you know, I'm focusing more on the sports one, but yep. Um, Yeah, so since you have some sort of relevancy within that community, people are going to have different opinions about you and your performance and will likely tell you right where you can see it, right right under the account so that you get that notification telling you that you suck. Yep. Um, Because, you know, they believe that they can change you. They're like, oh, if I send this person a message saying that they really cannot head the ball for to save their life, I'm going to tell them that and I'm going to coach them. And suddenly they will be doing it right. Putting it into perspective, if I had missed a penalty, I'd feel bad about it, and my team and my coach would be disappointed, yeah, but I wouldn't be flooded with hate hate mail telling me that I should stop playing soccer, because I'm not that influential and really no one cares about what I did in my Sunday soccer match. However, if you're more popular, and by no means does it mean that it's acceptable, if you make a mistake or have an off day, people will have no problem telling you that. A recent case of this was the Euro Soccer Finals when it was Italy versus England, uh, when it went to penalty shootouts and England lost. Penalty shootouts are hard, I'll tell you from experience. It's very stressful already, even more so when you're in a win-lose situation and there are thousands of people screaming at you to get it in, so it's totally fine if you miss the shot. However, a lot of the English fans took the loss as a way to show their blatant racism towards three players who are black from the team who had missed penalty shots, sending them horrible messages and blaming the loss on them. It's like the fans were trying to subtly hide their racism and then when one thing went bad, it came out at full force and they were on a rampage. It's really disappointing to see how a game can strip people of their morals and it really shows how toxic fans can become. Forgetting that players are still humans, they don't have superpowers. Like, I'm passionate about soccer. I love playing it. I watch it, you know, occasionally. And I'd be mad if I lost a game or a team I followed lost. But no way would I deck someone over it or fill their comment sections with hate messages because I know that it's just a game. You win some, you lose some. It should never become that big of a problem. The media capitalized capitalized on this too in a negative way with headlines saying that England lost the grand finals due to three black England penalty takers. But in another article would backflip and say that hate messages are being sent towards black English players after the finals. In no way did their race have to be mentioned at all. It has no reason to be reported on as that factor didn't influence the kicks. If three white English players had missed shots, let's say, 
the headlines would not be blaming three white England players. It is just said that they had lost the finals due to missed kicks. It once again shows that these channels and these reporters that are meant to inform you and give more coverage from all sides are really just digging into whatever they can to get more clicks. And doing so, they reveal how problematic they are. A lot of sports journalists think that they are doing their job well when they follow around sports stars and try to get any little piece of information that they can on them and share it out to the public. While sometimes this is good to spread awareness, it can also be damaging and cause a lot of distress to them as they don't have any personal time. Say, for example, a reporter going to a court case of a sports person who was on trial for drink driving, assault, etc. is helpful as it shows people at home who the person really is and it allows the case to become bigger so that that person can't lie anymore and they get caught. We see this a lot in the news about NRL stars especially and recently we had a team be caught by the police for breaking COVID rules by having a full house party full house party you know music all food it was tons of people there which i think is ridiculous seeming as we can't even meet up with someone outside for a walk yet these players think they can because they have lots of money and they're really popular that they're exempt for the rules it can become negative especially in magazines a lot i find when they find gossip, example, oh, this player went on a date, and suddenly that is what the person is known for. Their talent and skills and what they have built up seemingly just turns into Blank's partner. We see this a lot in actors and musicians whose private lives are torn open. You get those photos of them when they're walking down the street with someone else who might be famous, they might not be famous, and suddenly it's the biggest news in the world. It's like, just let that person be. They're human too. They are allowed to have fun. Well, that wraps up today's episode and the end of our sports week. To Cyprus, I hope I answered your questions and was able to explain my thoughts about the topic well enough for you. Remember to try and participate in the positive side of sports media if you're a fan and leave encouraging, nice messages to people that you were a fan of. A nice message can go a long way for some people. The song recommendation for for today is Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy, just for something a little bit different. Get a little bit of classical, a little bit of piano, do some ballet. If you haven't figured it out by now, My uploading schedule is every Wednesday and Friday, which I'll try my hardest to stick to. So, I hope you all enjoyed this episode of Rogue's Room, and I look forward to talking with you all again next Wednesday. Signing out, Rogue.